This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hi, this is Sister Miriam, and we have just a couple of announcements for you to help you along your way, along the journey. If you are looking for a Father's Day gift, a gift for a wonderful man in your life, we want to tell you about Michelle's MeaningfulMarketShop.com. She's got a lot of great merchandise on there, but she has a couple of beautiful prints just for Father's Day. So if you go to MeaningfulMarketShop.com, you're going to find her prints there. They're just a wonderful addition. It would make a great gift for the guy in your life. I think you'd be delightfully surprised about that and just your belief in him and your blessing of him in your life. If you could also leave us a review on iTunes, that would really help us get the word out about our podcast. It helps the message grow broader and and go farther. It's very simple. All you have to do is on the podcast app, just scroll down to the very bottom of our page there when you're looking at our episodes, and you'll see a link that says write a review or leave a review. You don't even have to write any words. If you want to just leave us a five-star review, hopefully, what that does is it just helps get the word out about our podcast. We'd really help. That would really help us out a lot. Also, you can find discussion questions and journaling questions for every episode that you hear. If you go to abidingtogetherpodcast.com, you're going to find links to our shows. You click on an icon, you can find the description there. You can also find them on the show discussion as well in the podcast app. So we just wanted to tell you that, that it's not just a 30-minute episode a week, but it's also something that you can go deeper with and you can do that by yourself or with friends on the journey every day. So just a couple of beautiful things to help you along your way. And we're hoping you are having a wonderful week. Till we meet again, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for all of you who are on the journey with Jesus Christ like we are My name is Sister Miriam James, and we are starting another document study as we've been announcing. So we're going to talk about Pope Francis' new apostolic exhortation, which Heather Michelle love it when I say it in Latin, y'all. So, gaudete et exultate, rejoice and be glad. And actually, (laughs) before we started recording this, Michelle was actually speaking in fluent Latin. So, Michelle, did you want to talk about how you're doing in Latin today or what? (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Oh, she she's speechless so, for one yeah, moment. It's so like the first not nice. Time really, Michelle has been speechless. <laughs> okay, seriously, the Lord does not like a snarky nun. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does. Isn't that why he chose me? Because I'm part snark. I mean, part snark. There you go. So no, I'm not going right, to practice English. my Latin. Yes, English. It is whatever, girl. How's it going, mm-hmm. Michelle? It is going good. I just scarfed down Chick Fil A really quick know, while we, we were. Talking before we started recording. So I have an iced tea in hand. I am good. I just got my hair colored. Thank God. Um, yeah, life is good. Yep. <laughs> and you're looking you're looking beautiful. Can I just say? Thank you. It takes mean, a you lot didn't of work. Share your waffle fries with us, but you look beautiful. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot of work to be this naturally beautiful. <laughs> it takes a village. That's the it best. takes a village. Yes. That's what I told them. It takes a village to color my hair and highlight it. So but we're all good. Yeah, you can tell we have already started the rejoicing in this. Um, we are just like entering into this study. We have already started the rejoicing. So Heather, how are you? I'm doing well. I am. I it, it's so funny up here. The the cottonwood trees. It's like cottonwood is blowing everywhere, mm. and it looks like for anybody who's seen Stranger Things, it looks like we're in the upside down because there's all this like white fluffy stuff floating around in the air. 
but it's gorgeous and I'm doing well and I'm happy to be with you both today. Mm, yeah. yeah. I'm excited to start this document. This is really fun to do this before um, we close up for the summer. Yeah. So hopefully we gave the uh, listeners enough time to get their copy of the document. I wish I had my copy of the document, but I'll spare everybody the tragedy that's happened to my little copy of the document. Uh, so we're going to do a three-part series. So we're going to do uh, kind of an intro today and uh, chapter one on the call to holiness. And then we're going to kind of round out the document over the next few weeks. So you can read ahead or you can read along or however that works for you. Um, just, I just want to, just as a note of just encouragement to everybody, wherever you find yourself on the faith journey, I just want to say you're most welcome here along with us. We're going to talk about really the deepest desire of the human heart, which is to be like Christ. So, you know, um, if you haven't read it or you're not interested in reading it, you're most welcome just to, just to come and journey with us and just be on the, just be on the path. And I hopefully during every episode, you're going to hear something that speaks to you. So we kind of wanted to to throw that out there. And um, Michelle has wonderfully prepared like a little document for us of things that are important to her about this whole uh, exhortation. So the title of the document is really in English. It's called Rejoice and Be Glad. And Pope Francis is going to talk about how really holiness is the most attractive face of the church. And I love that. So that, that quote of holiness, we're going to talk about that here in a second, but holiness is the most attractive face of the church, which is so true on so many levels. And before I hand it over to the two of you here, I just want to talk about number two from the intro when Pope Francis says this. He says, what follows, okay, so this whole document, what follows is not meant to be a treatise on holiness containing definitions and distinctions helpful for understanding this important subject or a discussion on the various means of sanctification. My modest goal, okay, for the whole thing, my modest goal is to repropose the call to holiness in a practical way for our own time with all of its risks, challenges, and opportunities. For the Lord has chosen each of us to be holy and blameless before him in love, quoting St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. So ladies, what are what are some things that stir in your heart as we talk about holiness being the most attractive face of the church and also this call to holiness that all of us have to be holy and blameless before God in love? Um, Heather, do you want to kind of start us off there with that? Yeah, a couple things right out of the gate that come to mind. Like that's a that's a really actually profound statement to say that holiness is the most attractive face of the church because I think in our experience sometimes we interpret that the people who we see as quote unquote holy mm-hmm. <laughs> aren't necessarily attractive. That there's mm-hmm. a certain sort of like seriousness and stoicism and um, like a removal from the real things of life. Um, but I don't think that that's what the Holy Father is talking about. And that's why I love this document, because he's really talking about holiness being attractive in the most mundane day-to-day things, you know, that it is a disposition of the heart and that it informs our decisions and our will and all of these different aspects um, of the human person. But I think it's important that our listeners know too, like we're not trying to get into a big theological treatise either on this document. Mm -hmm. We want to talk about how this really pertains to our life. This is where it matters is where the rubber meets the road. Like how do we live in deep communion with God and let that flood out of our life and out of our being mm-hmm. to those around us. And and that's the topic that I, I feel most compelled to talk about and that I care about in my life. It's like holiness doesn't matter if it's just made up of actions or or words. It matters if it's if it's flooding out into love and transforming my own heart and other people around me to be more like Jesus. Oh, amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Michelle, what are your thoughts? 
And I think it, it starts with, um, you know, the chapter one begins with the call to holiness. And he begins with, um, he talks about the great cloud of witnesses and the saints who encourage us and went before us. And I think if we have in our mind, like that the saints, I think what Pope Francis is trying to do is make holiness be approachable. You know, mm-hmm. true holiness, yes, we are set apart. Holiness means set apart, but we're approachable. And our, an approachable holiness has a light to it that is inviting. Mm-hmm. It has a beauty to it that is captivating. You know, it has a way of living that brings freedom. So if we are living this kind of holiness, that we will attract others because it is um, like a call to freedom. It is a call to live fully alive. And that is a type of you know, holiness, I think he is um, inviting us to really look into um, each of us, but the universal call of holiness for each and every one of us, and that we have this great cloud of witnesses that go before us that are cheering us on in this race of holiness. But he starts with like the universal call to holiness, and it's part taken out of, you know, the Vatican II document, but that each and every one of us is um, called to holiness. It's not for the few. It's not for just priests and religious. It's not just for that person over there that is like this mega great prayer. It is for each and every one of us, and it looks unique for each and every one of us. It is played out in our lives uniquely in each and every one of us, and everyone is called to this without exception. You know, you are not the exception to the rule. If you thought you were, you're not. I'm just telling you now, you are called to holiness and you're called to be a saint. So, um, mm-hmm. by the way, I really love the document. If I can just say that um, really <laughs> quick. Mm, so, yep. Mine's, uh, you know, nice and beautiful colored, uh, highlighted. Um, yeah. You probably di- dyed all the different col- uh, colors that I have. So, mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> I um. love it. I love your style. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes we can hear, you know, some of what you're saying, Michelle, and misunderstand it and go, okay, okay, that means I need to do more. Like, holiness means I need to be perfect. I need to do more. And right, right away, the Holy Father points out that even the saints that we look to, they made mistakes. They were real people. They weren't perfect, you know, and that's how he wants to start it off. And I think that that's an important note to make. What are some of your thoughts, Mm -hmm. sister? Oh, definitely. I I just resonated so deeply with that quote that holiness is the most attractive face of the church. And, you know, holiness, like we've talked about so often in our podcast, is wholeness. It's integration of the human person. It's Christ. It's it's life fully alive. And that's really our deepest desire is to, we talk about this often, to live an excellent life, lo- loving excellently, serving excellently. And it's the deepest desire that we have to give the gift of ourselves in love and to receive the other. And so, you know, you see how people just are so attracted and people that had ears to hear and eyes to see were so attracted to Jesus and from all walks of life and just his integration and in who he was and, and his union with the Father and this life of, of, of grace, of virtue, of beauty, of it's captivating. And I, I know I've said many times over our episodes that, you know, one of the reasons why I'm a nun today is through the witness of a, a priest that God sent into my life and, and is, you know, hands down, the thing that I remember most about him was he was just radiant with God's love. That man was a man in love with Jesus Christ, and it was absolutely captivating. And it just, you know, you can't you can't really argue with witnesses like that because you look at them and you say, you know, you live differently. And, and you know, he, he just like everybody else, like you were saying, Heather, had his own issues, his own struggles. Nobody's perfect. But, you know, we, we you know, every party, everybody in heaven's a saint. And, you know, you talk about heroic virtue, which is a life of heroic goodness. And it's not to say like you won't have problems, you won't have struggles, and you're not going to do everything perfectly. That's not the point. But the point is that we surrender ourselves to love. 
And when we surrender ourselves to love, our lives become like Christ. So it's the daily Yes, the daily it's the daily journey, right? It's what we talk about all the time. It's the daily journey of surrender to love. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's not about the things that we do or looking a certain way. I think mm-hmm. it is unique to each of us, to our personalities, to our state in life, to the mission that God has called us to. And it can be in the most little things. And I and I think for me that's that's where it counts the most. You know, it's the hidden life that we have with God uh, is where holiness begins. It's not with the exterior. And I think we sometimes get that backwards is that if I, if I look this way, if I fold my hands right, if I kneel and stand at the right time in mass, do all the sacraments perfect. It's like we jump through all the hoops. Not that those things are bad. They're so important. But if the focus is on the exterior and not the interior, we are missing the point. You know, our hidden life Mm -hmm. with God, our communion with him, our intimacy, with him is where these things begin to flow from and pope francis does break it down into it it is about the most simple things small gestures you know a woman going shopping he uses this this little analogy you know meets a neighbor and gossip starts and and she says okay i'm not going to do this i'm not going to enter into this like those are little things that i think we can all be challenged by and go wow holiness starts in the little things it really does Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It does, and it flows out into the bigger things, and it, it, that that call to love flows out into our actions. Um, you know, it informs how we live our life, but it, it's that disposition of the heart, right? The disposition of the heart that lends itself to love and to to pour out in service. I would mm-hmm. say, and I think to realize the the Lord initiates this holiness. It is not us mm-hmm. that initiates. The, you know, and it says, you know, it says the Lord calls. One of the sections, you know, I think this section starting right before 10, it says the Lord calls. And it just reminds me of that part from Chronicles of Narnia when it says, Aslan says, you would not be calling to me unless I was calling to you first. Mm-hmm. You know, he always initiates this. He always calls us. He's always going before us. And he has ordained each and every one of us to be created in this time in history for a purpose. Like we're, I mean, he could have chosen any other time in history for us to be born and live in, but this is the time he has chosen us. And you know, back on page, I mean, on number eight, when he says we should consider the fact that, as Saint Teresa Benedict of the Cross suggests, real history is made by so many of them. Like she's talking about humble and hidden people. The greatest figures of prophecy and sanctity step forth out of the darkest night, but for the most part, the formative stream of the mystical life remains invisible. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, maybe our holiness is not seen like by broader scales or bigger platforms, but maybe it's seen in the small, quiet life, and that holiness is just as important as the holiness that is seen, you know, for all of us. They both matter in the kingdom of God. You know, mm-hmm. every person is equal in the kingdom of God. And I guess one of my really big concerns is that, you know, yes, we are a very social media age and there's this blend. Like I'm not one of these ones that is anti-social media. I think it is totally an um, a vehicle that could be used for good and that shares a message and that can evangelize. But I just want to make sure that we are more interested in having making disciples than we are having followers. Because I think we are a lot of ministry, like, we're like, would they have 40,000 followers? But great. Are they making any disciples? You know, like, that's awesome. Amen. You know, like, that is great. Are we more interested in followers or disciples? And if the question and the answer is not disciples, then whose glory are we doing it for? You know, Mm -hmm. you know, this is about his glory and our holiness and nothing else. And Mm -hmm. so, um, and like we've said a couple times, but just 
holiness looks different on different people. Like, and, you know, I know for me, like at the beginning of motherhood and when I became a wife, I thought it needed to look a certain way. And man, I paralyzed myself thinking that motherhood looked like this. To be a good mother and be a good wife looked like this. And I basically... You know, I would have to say I wasn't miserable, but I was paralyzed and I wasn't living in freedom because I had the stereotypical thing of what it looked like. And I wasn't who I was created to be in this vocation. And, um, you know, and okay. Oh, can, can you both can you both talk about that? I mean, because I, I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners would love to hear more about that. Michelle, can you continue to talk about that? And Heather, could you jump in on that as well? And I can talk about it from a different perspective. But that I think that's the heart of something so deep right now, what you're saying, Michelle. For me, it was huge, like, because I had these ideals of what a perfect Christian family would look like in a Catholic family. And because my parents were going through a divorce while I was getting married, I was like, darn it, I'm going to do this right. And it was like, I was almost white knuckling it, please, like, I wanted to do it right. Because, and my intentions were good, and my desires were good to have a holy family, but they were not refined and purified. And it was so much more external than it was internal. And I compared myself to, well, this is what it looks like. And this is what it looks like. Instead of allowing the Holy Spirit, say, no, this is what it looks like in you. Stop looking and see what it looks like with her. This is what it looks like in you, you know. And I really had to look at some core, like, our vocation cannot be lived out fully. Our holiness cannot be lived out fully unless we are fully rooted in our beloved daughter, our son, identity, bottom line. You know, we've talked about that a lot on the podcast. But out of that you know, grew my other parts of my um, vocation identity. You know, Heather, what would you have to say about that? Yeah, I, I, gosh, there's so much pressure, especially in the realm of parenthood and our, you know, how we live our faith, like to, to do it a certain way or there's standards or this is what it should look like. And that equals you're, you're successful in some way. And, and I think part of it, you know, we can, we can fall into this because we don't know what we're doing. You know, we, we are struck with the gravity of our responsibility and things that are entrusted to us like children or like, you know, a ministry or whatever it might be. And so we start looking like to all of these other people to go tell me, just tell me what I should do to be successful. Mm -hmm. There's no handbook. We want it to be do these five steps and you will be the greatest parent. Your kids will never need counseling, you know, (laughs) 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 or whatever uh, it might be. But I think for me, I realized, you know, a few years ago, I was like, who said, who says it has to be like this? The way that life goes, how many activities I have my kids in, all these things. And I just thought, I'm not doing this. I am not going to play this game. I am not going to be a part of this rat race. You know, what is God calling me to do? And how am I built to love my family well and make disciples out of my children? What does that look like for our family to thrive? You know, because there's certain things that we need and certain things that we do not need as a family, as our family. It might be very different and it is very different for you, Michelle, and for you, sister, and your you know, community and the way that you guys thrive as a, as a religious community. And, and once I took that pressure off, I just feel freedom, you know, and I want to (laughs) encourage people in my life to also let go of those false expectations and standards that get, it's almost like we receive them, like it's being placed on us, but it's like this heavy beam, like a weighty beam that gets placed on us of expectation. And that is not the life that God has called us to. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And the whole image of the yoke um, isn't just us on our own. Like the yoke and the what God was referring to, what Jesus was referring to, was that it was two animals together. 
together. And Jesus wants to be with us together. When you're at the same pace, there's no burden of the yoke. You're in it together. And and I think that's radically transformed the way that I desire to live my life. I have to make a lot of choices still. It is like a daily decision-making of I will not fall into that trap. Um, but also, I'm not going to avoid and be lazy. Like, we need to be growing and thriving in what is God calling us to. And a part of that is community, having people who do things differently, who can challenge your way of thinking, um, but who let you be free, who really let you be free to thrive. How about you, sister? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Oh, I, I can resonate in a very specific way also from what you both are saying, just like the pressure to be something. And I love that he quotes the Second Vatican Council when he says, you know, we're called to holiness each in his or her own way. And I think in religious life, many times especially, you, you come in with ideas of what holiness is. I know for myself, I had a very strict idea of holiness with somebody who, you know, very quiet, never had any opinions, kind of had always had your hands folded and was perfect and always did everything right and Clearly, that's not me. And I, I found myself getting very discouraged. I would compare myself to saints that we know we call canonized saints and look at their heroic lives and just say, man, you know, their life is so different than mine or they don't have the traumatic wounds that I had or how could I ever aspire to that? And, uh, you know, sometimes I think in religious life there can be a competition of who's holiest. And it's kind of funny how those, you know, worldly uh, comp- competitive spirits kind of enter into religious life. They just take different forms. And mm-hmm. I think what I've learned you know, more and more is that, you know, when we talk about the saints that we look up to, these are our heroes and these are people that show us the way, but they're pointing us to the way in our own lives where Christ is encountering each one of us. And I mean, if you look at a very kind of generic version, it's just kind of an example of like, I know you guys, Michelle loves basketball. So we were watching like, Le- like LeBron James and say Steph Curry, who are incredible basketball players, but they're both very different. And, you know, it would be the detriment to each one of them had they tried to imitate one another, so to speak, to the detriment of their own gifts. So they can admire one another and they look at each other's work ethic and they can, that's inspiring. But then at the end of the day, Steph Curry has to be Steph Curry. You know what I'm saying? And so I think for us, especially myself, like coming to terms with just my own story and where God is calling me and that I'm going to see the world differently than other people do. And they're going to see the world differently than I will. But to give them the freedom and to encourage them in that way of how God is calling them to not trying to make them something different either. So I think that's a continual process of like looking within one's heart and saying, you know, what, what is God saying? And I, how is he calling me to reveal his love to the world? Cause ultimately that's what it is. How is God calling me personally in my own story, my own personality to be a revelation of his love to the world? And, and he says, you know, in number 14, Pope Francis goes on to say, you know, it doesn't require, but holiness isn't requiring, you know, you're, you're a bishop or a priest or a religious. So many times people expect me to speak on holiness. Uh, but quite frankly, you can be a bishop or a priest or religious and not be holy. <laughs> so I think mm-hmm. it's this love affair that all of us have. And so, you know, he's saying, you know, do you, he says, are you called to the consecrated life like I am? You know, be holy by living out your commitment with joy. Are you married? Be holy by loving and caring for your husband or wife as Christ does the church. Do you work for a living? Be holy by laboring with integrity and skill in the service of your brothers and sisters. Are you a parent or a grandparent? Be holy by patiently teaching little ones how to follow Christ. So it, every person's life is, is called in that regard that we're not, we're looking at each other to, for inspiration and encouragement and correction at times, but that we're not trying to um, destroy our own personalities, our own uh, uniqueness that God so skillfully and delightfully crafts into us to reveal his heart to the world. 
Mm-hmm. And it is a tragic thing to see. Sometimes we can see it in other people um, a little bit clearer than ourselves. And I don't mean this in a judgmental way at all, but my heart just breaks when I see other people that I love trying to live up to another person's expectations or what they think that they need to be. And in turn, um, they end up you know, just feeling always like they can't measure up, like they're failing somehow. There's all this pressure and they're not really thriving. And I love what Pope Francis says here in 23, where he says, you too need to see the entirety of your life as a mission. Try to do so Mm -hmm. by listening to God in prayer and recognizing the signs that he's given to you. Always ask the spirit of the spirit, what Jesus expects from you at every moment of your life and every decision that you must make so as to discern its place in the mission you have received. Allow the spirit to forge in you the personal mystery that can reflect Jesus Christ in today's world. You know, it's the reminder that this is personal. The things that you have been gifted with by God are personal and unique to you. The mission that you've received is personal and unique. So the way that that's going to be lived out um, in your own unique way is actually the gift to the world Mm -hmm. in its uniqueness, you know. And yeah, I love that. Just responding to the Holy Spirit, that it is an adventure. But when the Holy Spirit initiates that mission and allows you, and you know, my prayer for me and for you and for all of us is that the Holy Spirit makes us uncomfortable. Like he makes us so uncomfortable that we respond when we are comfortable. When we are comfortable and um, just hanging out there with status quo, that he makes us uncomfortable, that he makes us move, that he makes us join him on this adventure. Like that is my prayer for myself and my family and especially for you too. And then all of our listeners, I hope you are all uncomfortable. And so, um, but when... Um, I'm hungry because I haven't had lunch. Am I uncomfortable? I'm uncomfortable right now. I'm not sure if that's what you're talking about, but I would no. love to eat. You have a big salad with kale right now. Just saying. Yes. All right, continue on. Carry on. Do, carry on. What, do you want a waffle fry? Here's the waffle fry. Uh, you didn't uh, give me one. I, was I know. She so just said kale, Michelle. Kale. I know. Well, you know, kale, Chick-fil-A waffle fry, really? I, I can discern that holiness for you. No. Um, we digress. Really Sorry, listeners sorry yeah so we digress but i love this quote i was we were researching and praying this is in the document but this i love this quote i saw the other day from mother angelica man she was sassy but i love it it says holiness is not for wimps and the cross is not negotiable sweetheart it's a requirement (laughs) is that not awesome like can we just it's you know i love it the cross is not negotiable sweetheart so the holy spirit is going to inspire us but it also requires a response and that response is obedience what is he calling to you? You know, we talked about a little bit in our Marian podcast, but just, you know, what is your fiat? And may your fiat be stronger than your fears. And going and jumping back really quick, I mean, you know, I could not let this passage go. Number 12, I mean, is like highlighted and starred and, you know, circles all together. Mm-hmm. It says, with these various forms, I would like to stress, too, that the genius of woman is seen in feminine styles of holiness, which are an essential means of reflecting God's holiness in this world. Indeed, in times when timid women tended to be ignored or overlooked, the Holy Spirit raised up saints whose attractiveness produced new spiritual vigor and important reforms in the church. Mm. You know, and he lists, you know, my heroes, um, you know, St. Hildegard, St. Teresa, all of them loved it, you know, but I think too of all those unknown or forgotten women who in each in his own way sustained and transformed families and communities by their power of their witness. And I just think right like that, I, 
loved that whole part. But, you know, like we as women, I'm speaking to our women listeners right now, like what is our feminine genius? What is the Lord asking us to reform? What is the Lord Mm -hmm. asking us to bring life to? What is the Lord asking us to speak life over? Mm -hmm. Um, I was just reading something about Rosa Parks. You know, she was going along her ordinary life, like Pope Francis says later in the document, just doing ordinary. And she was tired. You know, she was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And that's why she decided she wasn't going to sit in the back of the bus, you know, but it wasn't like she's like, okay, I'm going to get on a bus today and create a revolution. That's what I'm going to do. She was just going about her everyday life and just stood up for what she believed in. And in her ordinary life, she created an extraordinary revolution, you know, that changed culture. And that is what the Holy Spirit is inviting us to, you know, so, um, but we have to respond. We have to be obedient to mm-hmm. that response mm-hmm. and so to join him on mission exactly and we have to remember too that the power comes from him some of us might hear things like this and feel like it's da- a daunting task like something it's mm-hmm. like i don't have what it takes well you know let me let you off the hook right now you don't None of us do. <laughs> and neither do <laughs> i and praise be to god it. because it, it you know like it, it says in the document, the Lord shares his powerful life with our fragile lives, and he has no limits. He has no limits. This is what makes us capable of even getting out of bed in the morning. The Lord can sustains our life in every way. And so when we let the pressure, take the pressure off and go, I don't have what it takes, that makes me dependent on you, Lord, you who are the source of love, and, and it's you that are going to work in me and through me to to change the world and and mm-hmm. my little people around me or you know my community or whatever it might be yeah and every person is needed uh, you know pope benedict in his first homily as holy father he had a couple great quotes and he talks about that that every single person is willed loved and necessary and every you know we talk about being necessary like you my dear listener wherever you find yourself in your life right now you are necessary if you are not here the world would not be the same and that's just so important and you know, at the end of chapter one, Pope Francis talks about that, you know, holiness, we're not, we don't have to be afraid of it because it doesn't make us less human. It makes us more human. So the more I allow Christ to become the center of my life and to speak into me and to just heal my soul, the more human I become, the more vibrant, the more alive, the stronger, I mean, the fully just, you look at Christ, he's fully wise, fully beautiful, fully tender, fully merciful. He is the hope of everything we long for in the deepest ache of our being. And when we give our lives to him, he doesn't truncate our humanity. He he makes it thrive because he takes it to himself. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, it's just so beautiful of, of, you know, I think we always have to continually challenge. I know Christ does this with me all the time, is always continually challenging the misconceptions I have about him, right? Of of where he's just way too small. I, I, you know, my idea of God is way too small or just how I view God or how I relate to him. And so he's always delightfully just shattering those things you know, of, of, of what I think humanity is or what I think perfection is, or, you know, and Pope Francis says on number 34, he says, holiness, so beautiful. Holiness does not make you less human since it is an encounter between your weakness and the power of God's grace, right? It's, it's Christ loving us and and bringing us to full, to full fruition. And I, and I think God brings us to our breaking point, you know, a lot of times to realize, okay, that he is God and you are not, or we are not. Mm-hmm. And so I know for me, I was telling Sister and Heather, like when I went on personal retreat two weeks back, um, you know, I was bringing all the things that I have going on to the, the spiritual director that was leading the retreat. And I said, okay, you know, tell me what to cut, you know, and he started laughing. He said, nothing. You're not allowed to cut anything out of your schedule right now. 
because you are in more like desolation management mode. And he said, you keep everything on your schedule because that is what God, he's like, I really believe God has called you to all of this, but you have to stop being God. Like Mm -hmm. you have to, you are still trying to do it in your own power. And this was like one of the lines of the whole three days. He said, it is not your job to define moderation in your life, Michelle. It is the Holy Spirit's and you're trying to figure it out. I'm like, well, shoot darn on that one. You know, (laughs) I was like, okay, mic drop. I looked at him and I was like, mic drop, you know, right there on, Mm -hmm. you know, that direction because it was, it's like, all right, I'm still trying to do all of this in my own power. And the key to holiness is surrender. You know, Mm -hmm. you're big, I'm little. You know, I always tell my kids, you know, he's a big old God and it's a, just a little old us, you know, mm-hmm. um, and he can do miraculous things through just surrender, allowing, mm-hmm. partnering with him, abiding with him, you know, um, and that is what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And I guess for me, it isn't coming, like we've said many times, it's not more to do, it's becoming more who we are and trusting in him mm-hmm. and allowing him to work through us. And there was another quote I loved from Mother Angelic I wrote down. It says, I'm not afraid to fail. I'm scared to death of dying, having the Lord said to me, Angelica, this is what you might have done had you trust me more. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I looked, oh. I read that the other day, and I wrote it down oh. in my journal. I wrote both of them down, and I started crying. I was like, and it still yeah. gets me teary eyes. I'm thinking, what if we are the plan for someone's freedom, and we don't say yes? Oh, I know. What are we the plan to introduce to the Savior? And we and he will always has a plan B and write straight with crooked lines. But, mm-hmm. you know, but what if, you know, and each of us have a what if that we are being called to, you know, to be the means of freedom or the means of comfort or something for someone else. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but it comes out of relationship with him. You know, we want to be in relationship with him, to partner with him, to display his love through us with him, not us doing it in our own power. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. good. Yeah. So good. Oh, well, that's just chapter one, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I wonder, you know, as we kind of, we're about to talk about our one thing here, and we're going to talk about chapters two and three in our next episode. So just to let you know about that. But I wonder, <laughs> just for all of us, I wonder where where's the one place where God wants to make us more human? this week, right? What's the one place, that one kind of pause where we just kind of stop and say, wow, Lord, you know, where are you trying to make me more human? Where's the one place where you're just trying to bring me more alive and more human? And maybe we could just be attentive to that one thing this week, you know, of what? Amen. Um, what that quote that um, from the Cardinal, I'm never going to say his name right, so I'm not even going to try. It's on in the number 17, but he says, to live the present moment, filling it to the brim with love. I will seize the occasions that present themselves every day. I will accomplish ordinary actions in an extraordinary way. But I love that. To seize the present moment where it's brimming with love. I was like, oh, I love that. Those are the human moments. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. So uh, when we transition, we want to transition into our one thing for the week michelle would you like to give your couple of one things which you usually do so i want to give you want to give one of your one things like one of your two one thing three anyway whatever you want are you funny you're so funny um (laughs) 
<laughs> my one thing is I actually got uh, someone to me a copy of Jennifer Fulweiler's new book, A Beautiful Dream. And oh, yeah. I love it. It is so good. You know, Jennifer is so intelligent and um, she has such a great way of verbalizing her thought process, her interior dialogue, which I find totally hysterical and totally real. And um, she just has a real transparency, but yet a real wit and wisdom to her writing that um, I just find really refreshing. And my second one thing is um, someone, I just got it from the library, and someone sent me two or three quotes, and I'm going to read it over the lake, is um, Pat Conroy, who's one of my favorite Southern authors, has a book called The Reading Life, and talking about his power of reading and Southern literature and stuff like that. And from the excerpts I've read, oh my gosh, it's just melts in your heart. Mm. Good words. He, mm. he writes with such beauty and his words are just like butter. So beautiful. And so, yeah, my two one things. All right, sister, what's your one thing? My one thing is a prayer that somebody sent me and it's called Prayer of Release. And man, when I it brought tears to my eyes when I read it. And she sent it to me, and I'm like, I needed to have it at that very moment. She didn't know that those those like little beautiful things that happen to you, and you're like, oh girl, I needed that. So it talks about everything from you know, Father, I release the burdens that I've been carrying. Uh, I cast all my cares upon you. I love it. I release to you, I release to your will all that I'm trying to manipulate, all that I all your authority that I'm trying to control, and I release to your timing all the things that I've been striving to make happen. <laughs> Whoa. So, yeah, and I thank you for your promise to sustain me, preserve me, and guard me, and all that I have entrusted to your keeping, protect my heart and mind. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna post it to, uh, to, uh, yeah, Amen. It was just such a beautiful thing of like so often we just get overwhelmed, I think, by our cares and worries, and just struggle with certain things. And I just, man, this prayer of release was, I needed that, so I'm gonna offer it to all y'all, all y'all, mm. all y'all. Very Heather? good. Um, my two one things are. <laughs> Okay. Well, I thought I needed to sound a bit better because like last time I just blasted out fish tacos and then made people laugh and wake their kids up and stuff. Dude, but everybody love fish tacos. So I'm going to start with Bishop Barron's uh, talk to Google. I just thought oh, that was really hey. interesting. I listened to that. I was like, finally he sat down and spent some time. He's just so articulate and so interesting to listen to. And I just, I think it's definitely worth a listen. He gave a whole talk to the Google staff. Um, my next thing is because it's summertime coming in, you're going to have people over a corn and bean salsa recipe that I have. It's the bomb. It's so good. Obviously it has cilantro in it, which is God's gift to herbs. And I'm going to post that because it's delicious. Everybody who tries it is like, Oh, it's so delicious. So I want everybody to have a little something in their back pocket to take out this summer. I don't have a back pocket. I have a side pocket. Could I still put it there? Or? Yeah, literally don't put corn and bean sauce in your back oh, pocket. But my bad. You know what I'm saying. I'm hungry, though. Yeah, you only have, what, two, three habits? Yeah, the salsa doesn't need to go in the habit. Yeah, I know. I'll think about that. That would not be pretty. <laughs> oh. oh, all right. Well, friends, if you enjoyed our podcast episode, would you please share it with a friend? You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe to us there. Leave us a review. You can find us on abidingtogetherpodcast.com where you click on any of the links and you will find the episode and some discussion questions and all of our one things. All the corn and bean salsa you could possibly ever hope for will be there on our website. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so next time we're going to talk about chapters two and three of Pope Francis's new apostolic exhortation, Gaudete et Exultate.
latte and we have enjoyed having you with us on the journey find out that one thing ask the lord what's the one area this week he wants to bring you to be more fully human and more fully alive because he loves you have a wonderful week god bless you somebody help me